Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are finishing up our sermon series, the final installment of A Country Divided. And as we look at God's word today in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7, let's take comfort in the fact that God is in control. And God is the one who decides the outcome of every election, including the one that will be held in our nation in the next nine days. I heard a story a few years ago, a fictitious story, about a drug enforcement agent, agency official who went to visit a rancher on a tip that the DEA had received. When he arrived at the ranch, he told the rancher that he was going to inspect his property for the growing of illegal drugs. At first, the rancher balked just a little bit at this request, knowing that, that he hadn't done anything illegal, but then he consented. He had one warning for the DEA agent. You might want to avoid the field in the back corner of my property, he said. At that, the agent whipped out his badge and said, I have authority to search the entire property. I understand, said the rancher, but you still may want to avoid that backfield. Clearly irritated, the DEA agent said, this badge tells me that I can go anywhere that I want on your property. The rancher shrugged and let the DEA agent go about his business. It wasn't too many minutes later that he heard yelling and screaming coming from the DEA agent as he saw him running across that property with a nearly one-ton bull chasing him. Because he wanted to help the agent, he ran to the fence and said the only thing that he could think of that might possibly change his situation. Your badge, he yelled. Show him your badge. That clever story is meant to illustrate that maybe we don't always have the best attitude toward those in authority, do we? Can I ask you a question today? Was there just a little part of you that was sort of cheering for the bull? You see, we don't respond to authority well by nature. And maybe that explains exactly why the Apostle Paul wrote the words of Romans 13 and why it's good for us to review them today. What Paul reminds us in this text is first that God gives our government. And as we think about that, let's explore two parts to that fact that God gives our government. First of all, that every leader, every election, every person who's ever served in a position of authority has been given that position by God. It's God who establishes our leaders. And then secondly, let's note also that God intends to bring blessings to us through those leaders. Let's look again at how the Apostle Paul lays this out in the first three verses of Romans chapter 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the one in authority, from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. 
As you think about these words of the Apostle Paul, let's go back to the history of when these words were written. Most likely, Paul wrote this letter to the Romans sometime in the late 50s AD, mid to late 50s AD. If you know a little bit about Roman history, you might actually remember who was the emperor at this time. It was a man by the name of Nero. And just in a few short years, Nero was going to bring about a widespread persecution of Christians. So that you understand, the people to whom Paul was writing this letter were under not just a pagan government, but a hostile government to Christians. Can you imagine how shocking Paul's words would have been for them to read when he writes, submit yourself to the governing authorities? Paul gives the reason why. Three times in those first two verses, he tells us that authorities, everyone who rules, has been given their position by God. God instituted and established every single authority that has ever ruled. What does that mean for us? It means every election, every person who has ever served as a leader of any nation, country, city, state, they've received their authority from God. Did you hear also that the Apostle Paul addresses the idea of rebelling in this section? How naturally that comes? It's nothing new to want to rebel against those in authority. When, when fear is the way that authority has to be handed down, at some point the fear and the terror of those in authority is going to cause a rebellion, to cause a wanting to overthrow oppression. You, you know how this works. Let's take a very simple example. Have you caught yourself daydreaming as you're driving down the interstate only to see the friendly police officer sitting in the median? What do you do? Isn't it a quick foot off the accelerator and a tap of the brakes? A quick check of the speedometer to see how fast you're going? Because you know that person has authority to hand you a ticket if you're going faster than the posted speed limit allows. But then think about this as well. Think about the relief that you feel when you glance at your speedometer and realize, I was going just fine with, for my speed. I wasn't speeding at all. That's what the Apostle Paul means when there is no fear for doing what is right, that we'll be commended when we do the things that we're required to do by those in authority. Maybe as I read these first couple of verses, submit yourselves to the governing authorities, every authority has been established by God. Perhaps the first question that came up in your mind as you think about the history of our world is, really? Every person who's ever ruled has been given that position because God gave it, gave it to them? Man, I can think of a lot of people, a lot of rulers, a lot of leaders that have ruled throughout history that did some serious damage, not only to their own nation, but to others as well. We can't always know, can we, exactly what God's purpose is in putting leaders in their positions. Here's one thing I do know, that my judgment up against God's judgment it's never going to measure up, is it? It's a bad idea for me to somehow think that I know better than what God knows. Have you noticed as you've heard Scripture, as you've read through Scripture, how many times God used kings and others in authority to serve His good purpose? 
Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, Augustus, all of them played into what God needed them to do. History is truly his story. It's God's story. And so when God places people in positions of power and authority, he is always acting according to his own plan and his own history. Then we think about the Apostle Paul addressing the idea of rebelling. And we know that that's been part of history forever, rebelling against the governing forces. And, and yet we can look to our own lives and recognize that we too struggle with rebellion. By nature, we are rebels. And not just against the governing authorities, against God himself. A few chapters before the verses of our text, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the Romans, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. By nature, we rebel against what God says in his word, what God wants for us. So it's no surprise that when we hear God tell us to obey the authorities, that sinful part of us wonders if he really means it. And yet, as we think about the events that are coming up in our own country, we know what God wants. He wants us to respect those that he's placed in authority over us because honoring God's representatives is really honoring God. And when we demonstrate respect for those in authority, when we demonstrate that we know that God is the one in control, then God is pleased. As our election is coming up this year, we know that the results are in God's hands. We don't know exactly what he has in store for our country, but we know that God loves us because he's proven it in Jesus. How many of you like to play chess? While I certainly know how all of the pieces move and I've played a game of chess in my life, I can't say that my skill at chess is at a very high level. And here's why. I think you know if you've ever played chess that you literally have to think ahead several moves to truly be able to take on an opponent and win a game of chess. Would you be surprised to know that, that chess grandmasters say that on average they think somewhere between 8 and 10 moves ahead of where they're at? No wonder why my chess skills are so poor. But maybe that picture demonstrates how God operates too. We see only what's in front of us, an election coming up in our country and, and all of the changes that we think could or could not happen depending on who gets elected. But God sees the big picture. God sees well beyond what's going to happen in November of 2020. And his purpose, his plan is greater than anything that we could ever come up with. God assures us that he establishes leaders because he wants us to remember that he is in control of all things for our good and working for the good of those who love him, even in a national election. The Apostle Paul talks about that very thing in verses 4 and 5 of Romans 13. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Once again, Paul 
reiterates, he restates the fact that those serving in government positions are God's servants. And they're there to carry out God's will. And what God's will is, is for the good of all of his people. He wants them to promote justice and peace. He wants the world to be a place where people live in harmony so that the message of the gospel can be proclaimed throughout the world. As we look around this world and wonder what maybe has gone on, we understand why God has given the authority that he has to those who rule. They don't bear the sword for nothing because there's sin in this world. And people will commit wrongs against one another and that sword, that punishment that is given to the authority that's given to punish to the government is meant for wrongdoers to curb those wrongs or punish them when they happen. And so Paul takes it one step further for us as God's people. He says there's really two reasons for us to respect and honor those in authority. First, because of possible punishment. But then secondly, out of a matter of conscience. See, God has demonstrated to us what he wants, a respect for all of the representatives he has placed over us. And when we respect and honor, even when we disagree with those who God, whom God has placed in authority, when we know that they're placed there by God until they've asked us to go against God, he wants us to honor them, then our conscience can be clear knowing that we followed God's will for us. Whatever president, whatever congressman, whatever governor, whatever mayor, police, local officials God has put in place, we honor God when we support them with our prayers, with our attitudes, and with our actions. So here we are, just over a week, one week away from the national election. I don't know about you, but I... I I struggle to even watch any, anything media-related because it's one ad after another that seems to be highlighting or tearing down one side or the other and a divide that already exists in our country seems only to be fracturing even further. Is there any hope? The Apostle Paul would say to you and me today, absolutely. Because first, remember, Remember what God says in this section about his control over all things, that the authorities that exist have been established by God. We can take it one step further as God's people too, can't we? We can remember. We can remember God's love for us, that the God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will along with him graciously give us all things. That means he's here for us. He's here for our country. He's here to bless his church with what he knows is the best course of action for us. The fear, the fear that we have standing before God because he's holy and we're not is completely gone. That fear is gone because Jesus has taken it away. Because Jesus came to this earth and he lived perfectly. Imagine Jesus living an entire life without ever having even a sinful thought about those in authority. And Jesus did that for you and me. And then on that cross, Jesus paid for every single one of the sins that we have ever committed. That's why our fear is gone. We stand before God perfect because we have the perfection of Jesus. We know who we are. 
We're God's own children and heirs of eternal life. Nothing can change that. No matter what happens a week from Tuesday, your status as a loved child of God will never change. And your future with him won't change either. The Apostle Paul in the chapter before our text today gives us this encouragement as we live our lives in this world to be living sacrifices. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Living sacrifices is what God has made us by transforming us and renewing our minds through the mercy he has shown us in Jesus. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, all leaders are given their positions by God himself. Right now, God is in control. After the election, God is still in control. And through whatever time is left for this earth, God will continue to be in control. And that's a comfort that you and I can take. Number two, out of love for God, we obey God's representatives over us. We understand that God has placed them in the positions that they have and that through them, God wants to bring blessings to his believers, his church. And then finally, number three, we have a great opportunity to reflect God's love for all in our actions and our attitudes. I'm sure that you've heard that, that maybe the results of the election will cause some difficulty in our country, right? About half the country will be unhappy no matter what the result is. And maybe some will even resort to violence in our streets. What about us as God's people? Let's keep our heads. Let's remember that we can be calm no matter what happens because it's God who's decided who is going to lead our country. It's God who places those leaders in their positions of authority. Remember God's love for you in Jesus. Remember that no matter what happens in this life, nothing can change what God has already won for you. And maybe through our calmness, through our attitudes and actions, we can influence those around us. Maybe you're familiar with the word salty and the way it's been used in the last several years. Generally, it describes a person who is, well, I suppose a little bit angry, frustrated with life. But Jesus once called us the salt of the earth. And he wasn't talking about us walking around being angry and frustrated. As a matter of fact, Jesus was calling us salty because it's a very positive thing. You might remember that in Jesus' day, salt was used as a preserving agent. And what Jesus has made you and me as his believers, he's made us his agents. Agents to bring and preserve the truth of God's love for all people of the peace that God wants all people to have through the forgiveness of sins. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus would tell us today, don't lose that saltiness. Stay salty. And in remembering the love that God has for you and for me, we can bring unity to a world that is fractured because that's the only love that we will, not, that will unite. The love of Jesus for all people. You can stay salty because you know what God has in store for you, the greatest blessing of all, a life with him forever in the perfect joy of heaven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.